Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Uh, this, uh, there is some breaking news. This is from ABC. NATO has activated its NATO response force marking the first time the alliance has ever activated the potentially 40,000-person force for a deterrence and defense role. This is according to a NATO spokesperson. That means that the 8,500 American troops put on heightened alert in late January for this mission could soon be ordered to Europe. The decision follows a meeting of NATO ministers this morning in Brussels. Uh, To be activated, all 30 members of NATO must agree to activate this force, which is under the uh, the command of General Told Walters, the Supreme Allied Commander of NATO. Um, A top American Russia analyst has warned that targeted advanced sanctions on Putin's regime are likely to be a total flop due to the abject dependence of the British economy on finance from Russian oligarchs. According to Paul B. Stefan, a distinguished professor of law at the University of Virginia, who served from 2020 to 2021 as special counsel to the General Counsel of the U.S. Department of Defense, with previous Russia-oriented roles at the State Department and Treasury over the past decades, He says it's Britain that is likely to be the biggest drag on any Western sanctions initiative against Russia. Uh, Professor Stefan has also served as a frequent expert witness in international arbitration cases involving Russia. He previously served as a CIA analyst. He taught Soviet law and he helped Russia and other post-Soviet states design their tax systems after the Cold War. According to Professor Stefan, the most likely uh, sanctions will be targeting individuals in positions of leadership in Russia, as well as people in close contact with Putin, including their families and their firms. This, which is the easiest form of sanctions, would be extremely difficult to implement due to Britain's intimate financial relationships with Russian oligarchs. The British services economy is apparently super dependent on Russia. From educating kids, providing litigation in British courts for disputes. Um, I mean, you got Russians that they own soccer teams over there. So, I mean, it's like Germany today, literally today, purchasing uh, energy through the pipeline that runs through Ukraine from Russia. All right, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's uh, go over here to Joe. Hello, Joe. How are you? Hello, sir. This is your old friend, Joe. Nice to talk to you. You too. How are you? Oh, I'm hanging in here, but I just, you know, this this has got to be the biggest boondoggle there is because this has been coming on for 30 years. Well, actually, more than that, but we'll say 30 years. And this is just asinine. You know, I want to make one statement because I'm on the radio that is clear so people can understand it. And the one statement I want to say, and it's real simple, you know, wars are real easy to get started and real hard to stop. And we as Americans living through the war in Afghanistan should know that. Right. 
you know, we've learned nothing. And, you know, that other guy we was talking before, talking about how we need to go. Well, if he wants to go to Ukraine and fight, let him go. But the point is, sending our troops and my tax dollars, and we can't afford a war. You know, there's nothing that wastes money and wastes lives like war. So I mean, there's just nothing is. I mean, right. the amount of money they spent in World War One. They literally could have taken everybody in Europe, everybody in Canada, everybody in the United States, every single family, and bought them a home, paid for it. But that wasn't the choice. Several acres of land. Right, but Joe, but Joe, you know, I mean, that that wasn't like somebody came along and said, "All right, here's the choice: war or everybody gets a home." Right? You have you have other nations and leaders that are uh, bent on creating the violence and. If somebody, if again, if I come up to you and I say, give me all your money, or I say, I'm just going to commit an act of violence against you, right? You have a natural right to defend yourself. Um, and at some point, if you don't defend yourself, then you will be shaken down or you will be killed, yeah, right? Like, but we said that domino theory in Vietnam, mm-hmm. which is what he was pretty much saying. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well, well, we don't want to be like Hitler and have appeasement. Mm-hmm. Well, excuse me, you know, this situation is totally different, and NATO had no right. In fact, uh, the basically Reagan and the, and the Bushes agreed that NATO would not expand into Eastern Europe, you know, if the Soviet Union withdrew or the Russians withdrew their troops. Well, they withdrew their troops, and what did we do? You know, we let NATO expand, which I wouldn't have a problem, except for the fact is that, you know, one attack on one suddenly attack on all. Right. You know, that's ridiculous. Well, but that's the point. Just like I said yesterday, that's the same premise with the United States, right? An attack on New York City on 9-11 was an attack on America, right? So that's the idea. It's a mutual defense pact. It is that you're talking an integral part of the United States. No, no, I'm talking about a mutual pact. Is that idea of alliances where attack on one is attack of all is what caused World War Mm One? Or you know, because you had all these alliances and they had the same idea. You know, we're talking multiple countries that have. You know, New York doesn't have its own separate foreign policy. All right, so so hang on, hang on, Joe. I don't have to worry about New York. No, I understand. I think I'll go attack England, Joe. Hang on, Joe. So, what is your view of the UN? Oh man, that is just all right. well. For one thing, with you've got Russia on the Security okay. Council, all right. you've got China no, it's on not the good. Security Council, it is useless. Right. I think they should move it to Switzerland. Joe. All right, Joe. All right, good. So you, you're <laughs> okay. not a fan. You're, they moved it to Switzerland. You're not Joe. Joe. It's just a nest of oh, spies. For- Joe. All right, you're not a fan of the UN. I agree. I would prefer to have a club. Kind of like the U.N., but of the good nations, of nations that uh, are freedom-loving, liberty-loving types of nations rather than being run by a bunch of thugs. That's how I view NATO. All right. Can you bring him back? Did you lower him? So right. It's just the fact that I, I, I pretty much said what I want to say. This is ridiculous. They should have never let you know NATO expand. I mean, I, you know, when they took it to Poland, I was worried. You know, when they took the Baltic states, Latvia, Lithuania. Yeah. And, no, um, I understand. Joe, that? I got to run. All right, I appreciate the call. Good talk. It's widespread panic. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 
got a tweet from Tim who says, For all the people saying that we should not have let more countries join NATO, shouldn't it be the choice of those countries and not Russia's call? Those countries all petitioned and did the work to join NATO because they know exactly what life under Russian control is like, and they preferred the alternative option. So if, if you are opposed to just like the general concept of mutual aid pacts, right? Like you should not enter an alliance with any other nation or group of nations, right? You should never do that. That's the foreign entanglements and, you know, avoid doing that at all costs so we don't ever get sucked into any wars and all that. Um, that is, I mean, that is a principled take, I guess, right? That's a, that's a position that one could argue. I think it's a position that we get to enjoy because we are a larger nation with military capability versus a smaller country. But I, this is why I said, like, I, Europe is part of NATO. This is your backyard. And you guys, up until now, like, I'm seeing, like, Italy and Germany, and they're lighting up, you know, their landmarks with the Ukrainian light, uh, the colors of the Ukrainian flag, yellow and uh, blue, right? And they're like, look at us, we stand with Ukraine, hashtag stand with Ukraine. Yeah, but you're not doing the things to actually stand with Ukraine. Like, you're blocking the the uh, the sanctions to get, you know, to, to take Russia off of the SWIFT banking system. You're blocking that. Which, by the way, real quick on that, then I'm going to get to uh, Vincent here. Uh, Marshall Billingsley, he is a former presidential envoy and assistant secretary of the Treasury for Terrorist Financing. Uh, worked at NATO, Navy deputy, um, and now he's a fellow at the Hudson Institute. Anyway, um, he sent out a tweet today. He says, we do not need the Germans, the Italians, or Belgians, or anybody else in the EU to convince the SWIFT Board of Governors, whatever that uh, that leadership group is, to, to convince SWIFT to remove all Russian banks. He says, how do I know this? Because we did this to Iran under President Trump. And this was against the wishes of the EU and the United Kingdom. But it requires leadership. you got to be willing to do it. And it doesn't seem like we're willing to do it. We're not even willing to sanction any of their energy sector. So they just get to keep funding the war machine. All right, let me jump over here to Vincent. Hello, Vincent. Uh, yeah, it's Spencer, not Vincent. Oh, anyway. Spencer, I'm sorry. Welcome. Yeah, uh, if you listen countries on the east side of the Baltic Sea, you have Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Russia, Poland. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say Russia, I mean this little spit of land that's 100 miles long and 50 miles wide that has no land connection to Russia proper at all. As a matter of fact, the only way to get sort of a land bridge would be to go uh, 40, 45 miles to Belarus. Now, this little spit of Russia is behind NATO lines. What happens if Putin decides, oh, well, uh, our Russian brothers uh, 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 in Kalinis, uh whatever it is, Kalinis, Kaliningrad. Yeah, Kaliningrad. Our Russian brothers are being uh, threatened by Poland and Lithuania and Mm -hmm. uh, we need to go rescue. And they're going to cross NATO mm -hmm. to get there. And then what? And then what? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you run troops through Lithuania and Poland to get to that little spit of land. Mm-hmm. Lithuania is NATO. Poland yep. is NATO. I know. What then? No, yeah, well, I'm asking because you're laying out you're laying out a case for something, and I was just trying to help you get to what the what what the assertion is. What's the what's the the assertion is whatever Hitler did is is happening right now. I got you. Right, so that's the point. So, that's the in point. other words, we need to stop it now, and you would we need pro- to stop it now. And how would you propose uh, we do so? Uh, <laughs> I'm there with you. Know. Like that's why I'm asking the questions, I, and I'm not saying this like you're going to be wrong, and I know the answers. I'm just curious what people think is the way forward here, because there are just a bunch of bad options. Yep, I I have no idea how to stop it without mass casualties. Right. Mass casualties. And so, if you take that off the table, then you just leave Ukraine for Russia to conquer and hope hope that they stop there. Yeah, but if you just let them have Ukraine, like Hitler... Right. You let them have Poland, and like Hitler, you let them have Czechoslovakia and Hungary, and like Hitler, it keeps on going. Right. The projection of weakness invites more transgressions. Yeah, and after after all of that, he'll want Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, uh, Hungary, Czechoslovakia. Yeah, why not reconstitute uh, the whole Soviet Union? Yeah, no, I hear yeah. you. Spencer, I appreciate yeah. the call, sir. Thanks so much. Sure. All right, take it easy. Let me uh, Let me give you this. Taiwan... This is from Blake Allen, former campaign finance guy, former staffer at the uh, International Human Rights Clinic. Anyway, uh, he said Taiwan announces that it is joining the international sanctions regime against Russia. Taiwan is the world's leading producer of semiconductors, and Russia losing access to that is a large blow, not just to their military, but their economy generally. So Taiwan, they know the stakes, it seems like. All right. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Kim Iverson, it's a Kim Iverson show, The Hills Rising. The Hill is a publication. They have a, I think it's a podcast or TV show or something. And uh, she self-described populist. And she went on Twitter and said, Ukrainian men 18 to 60 have been banned from leaving the country for 30 days or required into conscripted military service. Ukraine should not fight back. No one should. Let it go. If Ukraine fights back, it will be devastating and the outcome won't be any different. They can't fight Russia on this. No one can. Best to let it go for now and use democracy in the future. Don't kill yourselves. Seriously. And then, of course, she got ratioed uh, on Twitter and she said, Same people saying hide from a virus are now telling Ukrainians to rush to their demise against Russia. Best thing Ukraine can do is let Russia demilitarize them from the U.S.-provided weapons and neutralize them. Fighting back will result in slaughter. So there's one strategy. What do you think? 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me go over here to Dean, who's up next. Hello, Dean. Hey there, Pete. I always said die on your feet. Instead of live on your knees. Mm. Hey, um, I was wondering, as this buildup to Ukraine went, it seemed like Joe Biden wasn't doing much to help out Ukraine. Can you help me with my memory? 
Um, Who was the Ukrainian presidential candidate that said if he got elected into office, he would expose Joe Biden and all of the graft that him and his son got involved in in the Ukraine? Was that Zelensky that made that promise? I think it was. Yeah, I know Zelensky was the reformer and the guy that he beat, what was his name, Yurichenko, I think, and... Uh, that was the that was the Russian backed guy, right? I mean, like that's and this is what Tucker Carlson said a couple of nights ago, talking about it's a it's a, it's a State Department slush fund or something. And you got yeah, I mean, like there's all sorts of corruption going on there, and trying to make people care about uh, about Ukraine's future is difficult because of that, and it is perceived at least in part to be part of the problem of the, quote, deep state here in America. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking about Joe Biden personally, not wanting to let right. think of Zelensky because of the threats to uncover what he's been doing to line his pockets. Yeah, I, yeah. like I said, there's. I don't think that you get your kid on the, uh, the board of Burisma Correct. and uh, then have him start opening art shows for <laughs> donations um and i don't yeah i don't think that's a, that's what you do as it's not legit and everybody no. knows it um and i yeah i i don't have the evidence i don't have any evidence to to show that there's some sort of a connection there like there's a quid pro quo going on but no there if there's a personal interest a self-interest in the biden's not helping ukrainian leadership yep. that should be explored yeah yes it should all, all right, right yeah dean day. yeah man you too appreciate it uh, let me go next to Jimmy. Hello, Jimmy. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pete. Hi. Um, you know, Putin's a, you know, he's a cold-blooded killer and all that, but he's smart because he sits, he sat there and watched Barack Obama when, uh, when he did the red line and when he, uh, when Putin decides to, decides to uh, make a go of it and, 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 and take Crimea. He learned that this administration and, the, and that administration is very much is, is the same, other than they got a daughter and old man up there. And you, you see, he, he probably the wheels were turning as soon as Trump got beat, that he was going to make this move. I don't know. I, I don't know what the timing was on it. I got asked a similar question um, this morning. Every morning I join uh uh, Casey O'Day is the uh, morning guy up in Raleigh and Greensboro, and we chat on Friday mornings. And he asked me a very similar question, and I said I have no idea. Like, because the question is, how come Putin didn't invade under Trump? And I don't know the answer to that. And here's the other thing: I don't think anybody knows the answer to that except Vladimir Putin. So, uh, like, it's speculative. People can draw a conclusion, but I've noticed that people tend to draw the conclusion that most aligns with their pre-existing ideas about donald trump but he had to admit that uh, and uh, you know he also he had, you know his son which the other caller thought about that is, his son was a bit corrupt and he knows joe's a bit corrupt mm-hmm. and you know he he's no he's not going to see any anything that's going to hurt him anything you know sanctions that could really hurt russia or hurt putin you know, well, why then? But the, so wait, but so then why? So you're saying that he doesn't want to apply the sanctions to really hurt Russia because he wants Russia to murder Zelensky, so Zelensky can't tell everybody about Joe Biden's corruption. Is that it? 
<laughs> because what's stopping Zelensky from doing it now? This is my question on this theory, and I've seen the various iterations of it that's uh, that's floating around. And that's my question is why won't he come out and say it now? Like, if anything, like this would be the ideal time to do it unless he thinks that there's still a chance that America is going to help him. But if he thinks Biden is as corrupt as is being indicated, then why wouldn't he just expose it all before he gets murdered? Well, think about this, Pete. If he did, will our media even listen to it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, not all media outlets, but like we would. I'm sure you would know about it, right? I would know about it. Yeah, but, you know, we, we got to start getting the other side, even though they're lost and, 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 and better blind. The truth, some, you know, we got to get a full truth out, not to have, you know, just a certain segment, not the, the Fox crowd or, you know, that deal. Sure, but but my question still remains, if if the theory that you've promoted is true, then doesn't it make more sense for it to be divulged now before he gets assassinated. Well, I would like him to do it, but like I said, I don't believe our media, if he starts, has a big press conference, and he just throws it out on the table, mm-hmm. what you're going to get is a cutoff and a commercial. I and then uh, I doubt that. I, I doubt that. I really do. I doubt that. I think if that guy got on TV and started delivering a speech, I think everybody would carry it live. And it would be too late by the time he started saying the stuff that uh, that we're talking about. If he started laying out those allegations. I think uh, yeah, I think everybody would cover it. Now, maybe some would break away, but it would be too late. And there would be enough outlets that would not. So I think if he wanted to do it, he could do it. And I think if, if it's true, then time's running out for him. But hey, uh, Jimmy, I appreciate the call. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. By the way, in case you haven't noticed, I know I've only been here a couple months, but I was talking with George, the uh, the producer here, and um, and George, by the way, is, uh, is filling in because Ryan, uh, he left. He took another job up in uh, Baltimore. We wish him the best of luck. So, by the way, if you are interested in applying for... Uh, a job in radio, we have openings. Go to WBT.com um, and uh, good luck. So, um, but one of the things is I, I, just because I push back and I challenge people on assertions that are made, it doesn't necessarily mean I, I disagree with them. But I have always believed, as long as I can remember, that unchallenged ideas are easy to hold. They're very easy to hold. If you just surround yourself with people that all think the same way as you do, and then you just kind of all agree on all of this stuff, your blind spots are huge. So you got to challenge the ideas. That's how you, you know, resistance to pressure builds strength, right? So to me, and that works in the rhetorical sense as well. So when I, when I question and I probe and I ask follow-up questions, it's not that I'm like, I'm not trying to argue with people. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Yes, as a poli-sci minor, maybe there's a little bit of that occurring. I do enjoy the debate. But it's a discussion. I don't take any of this personally, uh, and I hope nobody else does either. Not that anybody that I've talked to today does. I, I just wanted to be clear about that. Like that, That's why we try to get at the different angles by asking the questions and the follow-up questions and probing the why of the, uh, of the issue. All right, let me go back over here 
Uh, Tim is up next. Hello, Tim. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. What's up? Uh, this is it. It's all going to come down to, I believe, what is uh, each American willing to sacrifice to stop this now? Because it needs to be stopped now. And uh, I'm just going to tell you what I'm willing to sacrifice. And uh, this is coming from uh, after having lived through Hugo and the misery of that. I'm willing to live off of grits and water for a year, give up AC and Netflix, and give Biden a political pass on all the destruction that's going to happen in this country if we kick Russia out of SWIFT. But I see the dominoes leading all the way up to armed conflict with China within the next 10 years. So this does need to be stopped now. So what is the, uh, what is the, if you're making that case to your fellow American who may not be on board, um, what is the compelling national interest that you would sell them on? Freedom. For who? Your kids, your kids living in a free world that is not dominated by uh, by China, by communism, by socialism, by having uh, quite basically having those people control the world in much of the way that we now control the world or used to control the world. Because I would much rather live in a world that uh, at least strives for for the for the ideal of freedom than one that strives for the ideal that the state must control everything and impoverish everyone to those to that you know to that end. So now I, I have to ask though, would that be just plain grits or do you get like a little bit of butter, maybe some cheese or something? Well, occasionally, probably on Sunday, I probably <laughs> eat polenta. <laughs> but for the most part, just just stone ground white grit. I got you. All right, Tim. Thanks, sir. Appreciate the call. All right. Yeah, yep. good one. You too. Let me go over here to Rob. Is up next. Hello, Rob. How are you? Welcome to the program. I'm good. Thank you. I hope you're well. Yeah. Thanks for taking a call. Um, here's I'm looking at this from two perspectives. One is. Uh, human interaction and what we're dealing with is a, on the world stage is a bully mm-hmm. slash dictator slash madman. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you have to account for. The second thing is history. I think Spencer was talking earlier about you really need to look at this as, uh, the Hitler model mm-hmm. and what should have, what should the world have done in the thirties and forties when Hitler was getting going? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever the world should have done then is what we need to do now. And you made the comment that, you know, really it's just there's no good options. There's no pleasant options that any option you take is going to be tough. It's going right. to be bitter medicine. Uh, but here's the answer. Um, you do the right hard thing. When it comes to a bully, you, you beat back. You fight back. And if you give him an inch, he's going to take a foot. Um, the young lady that you read, uh, Miss Kim or Kim something. Yeah, Iverson. Saying just basically lay down and take it. That. Is completely asinine. That mm-hmm. is completely victim mentality, and, and that's what happened with Hitler. So here's the answer in real practical terms: uh, You sit down with NATO, you explain to them we need X amount of bodies, we're going to provide X amount of bodies, and the United States and its NATO neighbors put 100,000 troops on that line. You draw the line, and the only thing a madman understands, a power-hungry man understands, is power. 
So you meet his power, you meet that bully with power, and you put 100,000 troops of all our cool technology there, and that's where the line is drawn. All right, so then, hang, hang on, I gotta, I, because i got to ask this question. You call him a madman, but you, you're, not, you're thinking in, I think, conventional warfare terms, what of the nuclear threat? If he is a madman, as you say, then doesn't, doesn't a response from us that you're describing doesn't that then prompt literally the nuclear war? It's we're, what we're talking about is the Cold War again. We really are. We're talking about force meeting force. The options are force meets force, or force doesn't meet. You, you know, right. you either lay down or you stand up. And right, but well, the, but there are different ways to stand up. Forces are catastrophic. There's no doubt. I'm not ignoring that. Right. But if you don't do it, Europe is going to be a historical memory. Because uh, he's not going to stop, just like Hitler didn't stop. Again, if you use a Hitler model, and I think it's reasonable at this point to do it, the only thing that would have stopped Hitler is force. And what happened is the force wasn't used, and the more you give, the more they take. Um, so none of these options are pleasant. But i got to tell you, too, I would be funneling, you know, this is why we have a CIA. I'd be funneling all kinds of aid to Ukrainian people so that they can fight back. Mm-hmm. Um I would, oh, by the way, the sanctions, the financial sanctions. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why we're playing patty cake. You don't freeze $1.5 trillion of Russian assets. You take them. Mm-hmm. No, I, and I agree with you on that. Yeah, I agree with okay. you on that. If you're going to steal, if you're going to steal land and lives from, uh, from a free country, from another sovereign nation, then you, you give up, uh, any of your rights to your own treasure as well. I, I agree with you yep. on that. There's there are almost no rules at this point. When you start, that's what war this is. is. This is a rape of a country. This is a a home invasion on a national yeah. scale. Rob, I got to run. I appreciate the call, but no, I appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. Um, no, it, it is. That's war is the complete breakdown of the civil society, right? When no rules apply any longer, that's what war is. Because otherwise, you wouldn't get to do the things that you're doing. Yeah, it's complete criminal activity. Uh, Rob, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, I will get to more of your calls after the news. We're also going to chat with. Uh, Brett Winterbull, who is at CPAC, will get his thoughts on all this coming up next.